Blessings, everyone. This is Pastor Larry Inclan with Living 412. Today we have a couple of special guests. We have uh, Brother Daquan Dennis that you know has, has been with us for a few times, and we're trying to get him right back into the rhythm of things. Daquan, say hello. Hello, hello, hello. All right, and then we have all the way from Gainesville, Georgia, uh, a, a man of God that, that we met at Man Up uh, through Pastor Glenn Harvey. And um, there was a group of gentlemen that I have to say, we were all from different places, different cities, um, different backgrounds, everything. But we all clicked like we knew each other forever. We had a great time. And the Lord's been putting in my heart that I need to reach out to these gentlemen and, and do a little bit more life. Even if there's distance, do a little bit more ministry. And uh, the first person I thought about was Brother Carlos Gastain. And he's with us. Say hello, Carlos. God bless you guys. What's going on? Amen. So, um, first of all, thank you for saying yes, for uh, joining us today. We're going to talk about a few things. Uh, but first, uh, I want you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself, who you are as a person, as a man of God. Just let the people um, get to know you a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 33 years old right now. Just turned 33 on uh, the 4th of January. So, Happy belated birthday to me. Amen, um, yes. Yeah, so married about 11 years. Uh, I know my wife for 12 years. Um, we have three beautiful daughters together. We are originally from Newark, New Jersey. Uh, and I was just testifying to the guys on the pre-show, if you want to call it that, uh, just about how God has confirmed the move here to Gainesville, Georgia. Um, I don't know if you want to get into that yeah let's do it that's fine yeah we could do it um yeah definitely i mean there was 2020 was definitely a year of of transition for a lot of people but for me and my family we were transitioning from a church to uh a land of where we're gonna go next you know and um in the middle of that my my wife was going into a ministry school and she was able to be you know in congregation with a few people, met a pastor, met a prophet there that is uh, on time and, you know, shameless plug to Excel in Church in uh, New York, you know, Pastor Jarrell Solomon. He's doing a great job up there. God bless those guys there. Um, but yeah, God used him in a mighty way to confirm a few things for us. And, you know, they were just saying, basically, it's time to go. It's time to move. And in this next season, in the next move that you make is where God is going to take you away from the distractions mm. and start working on your destiny. Right. And so we, we took a leap of faith, you know, we prayed about it, like really prayed about it and um, confirmations from people that we didn't even know. You know, one of them was uh, one of my mom's friends from Florida had a dream with my wife at a church um, and she basically described the church that we are attending right now, um, by the grace of God, you know, free chapel, um, which is where the lady told us that, you know, she saw my wife and she saw that she will grow to the person that God has called her to be in the ministry. You know, that's where she was going to get cultivated. Um, and by the grace of God, man, it, we connected and got eight and were able to be a part of that ministry because of the man of God and the woman of God, Glenn and Michelle Harvey. 
Um, he called me out of nowhere after 10 years and basically said, God told me to tell you to answer my question because he's been bugging me to talk, to call you for a couple of months now. And he told me, your answer will be known by the answer he gives to you. And he called me one day out of nowhere. I'm telling you, he called me and I said, hello, do you have the right number? <laughs> that was my like, that was my first thing. I'm like, hey, do you have the right number? He said, yeah, Kathleen, what's going on? And I was like, okay, okay, what's up? And he said, look, God put me on my heart. Um, what are you doing with ministry? And I said, well, we, we're looking into maybe possibly going into a church in Georgia. You don't know if I lived, you didn't know I lived in Georgia? I said, no, when did you move? He said, last year, but now I know why God called you. Uh, to, to my attention. And um, by the grace of God, man, we're, we're sitting under them. We're, we're serving. One thing that he told me when I got here was, hey, be ready to serve. We're sitting here. We're, we're, we're learning what we can learn. And whatever the, you know, the Lord allows to be in the next steps in the future, you're going to be a part of it. And um, he, he, he trusts us, you know, he trusts us enough to be a part of it. We love them for that. We love them for the confidence. And um, like you said, man, we've never really hung out together. You know, we're, we're all from Jersey, but different parts of Jersey. And I've never really hung out with you guys, but I felt that that home, right? I, I, really, I really felt that, that vibe that, that the church is about. Amen, you know, amen. and so I'm proud to say that I'm here. I'm home. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And I, one of the things I, I like to say about home church is that we're, we're a home that loves to love. You know, we, we, we like to show love and we love it. We love doing that. And that, that's so awesome. That testimony is, is crazy. And I, I know you gave the shortened version. Um, I hope one day everybody gets to listen to the full testimony uh, because there's so much behind it. But what, what really drew my attention is two things that you mentioned that it was... It was something that was heavy in your heart and you and your wife were praying about. You guys were praying for something, and, but you waited while you were praying. You know, I know sometimes yeah. you could easily get anxious and stuff and worried, but you prayed. And the other thing is you specified that the Lord wanted to remove distractions. Yeah. Um, if you go into my Facebook page... My, I don't know what you call it, but as soon as you go into my page, the, the banner up top, that's what it says. Oh, yeah. It says distractions. And uh, I think that's one of the tools that the enemy uses to, to take us aside or away from, from the Lord or from our purpose in the Lord. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I love that you mentioned that, and I pray that everybody really receives that because that is such, a, such an important key where sometimes we get distracted by so many things, and I'll mention a few, and I'm not saying they're all bad, but when they consume you, they become a distraction, like whether it's your cell phone, whether it's Netflix, social media, sports, whatever it is, none of it is bad. It's when you get too consumed that you leave God out of the picture, he becomes last, and all those things become first. And, yeah. um, and, and, and there's so many tools now that are being used against us um, that, that just move us away. And I'm so happy that you realized that the distractions is what was, 
what, what the Lord was just trying to pull away from you, you know, like, hey, you, you might need to move to another whole land. And I feel like that's what yeah. happened to us. Like, I never pictured moving to Vineland. I'm like, I'm, I'm a city boy, you know, like, I, yeah. I grew up in Hudson County, you know, I raised in Jersey City, then lived all over Hudson County, worked in New York all my life. Then I come down here to visit Glenn, as a matter of fact, because he had just moved down here to Vineland. Um, and I had just met him. Like, we only met a couple of times, and I met him at, you, I don't know if you know Misael Robles, but his, um, his daughter was having a birthday. That's how I met Glenn. So he was at the party with Michelle. I'm with, with Sarita. We weren't married. We were just, you know, were we married yet? I don't think we were married yet. But we, we might have been. Yeah, we were married because I already was serving the Lord. Um, and I had just met him. I had just met him, and something tugged in my heart, and, and I didn't even know the Lord like that. I was a baby in the Lord, and I remember saying to him at a party, I said, listen, would you be my Paul? I need a Paul in my life. You know, and I was nice. a baby in the Lord, and, you know, we clicked, and we would talk every now and then. And, uh, but when, I, when he moved down to Vineland, I came a couple of times. The air was so different. I would sleep good, I would breathe good, I, and I just prayed, and, and I have to say by accident, right? Because I was <laughs> having a conversation with Michelle, and I remember I was like, man, I really like it down here, it's nice, and guess what I said? The only thing holding me back is my job. I didn't realize the Lord was listening. Mm. Yeah, he was listening, yeah. he's like, oh really, that's in your heart? Your job is what's getting in the way? The same day I spoke to Michelle on my, way to, to, on my way to work, I was talking to Michelle. That same day, at the end of the day, my boss was like, Larry, you work great. We love you. Um, we can't afford the budget anymore. We're going to have to let you go. I already have somebody that's ready to hire you. I was like, nope. I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm moving to Vineland. But, <laughs> so it, it's crazy. But, man. Um, but, yeah, Glenn definitely has been uh, very influential to, to my life. Um, I could see you guys doing amazing things down there, and I'm excited. Yep. I'm really excited. He speaks very highly of you guys. Um, and, uh, man, that's crazy. I, I just I, Let's get into it, because I know you were talking about prayer yeah. and distractions. And anytime you want to jump in and talk, go ahead. I, I just wanted to say something about the distraction things, because I was studying about that um, over here. Wow. Because even, even in transition, you can get distracted, right? And um, one thing that, that Pastor Glenn told me was like, Papi, study it out, study it out. Everything that happens, study it out. And I started to realize as I studied that the distractions that the enemy gives us also can become idols. Oh, yeah. You know, and so anything that takes the place of God can become an idol. You know, and for me, I've, I found out, man, that the hard way. You know, almost losing my family a few times with me being a workaholic, idol. You know, me always trying to play sports, idol. You know, me always trying to have me time, idol. See, I mean, you know? I, I, I feel what you're saying because I was, I was thinking about that too um, the past few weeks, doing a lot of just, uh, you know, self-analyzing and things of that nature. Uh, thinking about the idea of distractions, a lot of the times we use distractions as a means of getting away from something we don't want to face. Mm. So I mm -hmm. think about myself personally and like say, you know, 
you think about something or something reminds you of something traumatic. And it's like, oh, snap, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to feel that. Let me spend eight hours on Netflix or let me spend, you know, 12 hours scrolling or whatever the case is. So I feel like, you know, it's also one of those things where it's like, it can be us using distractions deliberately to uh, have us not have to worry about that thing that we don't have, that we don't want to face head on. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm, I feel like sometimes the, the I mean, a lot of the time, the enemy says, did, did, like what he said to Eve, did, did he really say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. To confuse. You know. It, to, to cast yeah, that doubt. It's exactly, you know, and, and again, doubt can cause distraction. Yeah. You know, and, and then everything whirlwinds around it, you know, but definitely, definitely, um, it was a wake-up call. And I had to realize, I stood back and I told Pastor, I said, Pastor, I, we rode back to Jersey for New Year's and Christmas. And for New Year's Eve, I had to drive back by myself. And I was driving back to, my, to New Jersey to my mother-in-law house by myself. And I, I literally broke down because I, I didn't realize how fast 2021 happened and I didn't realize that I'm in the state of Georgia. Like there's so many things that happened within the last six to seven to eight months that I've been here. And I didn't even realize, like, I felt like I was so distracted that I didn't even start to work at what I'm supposed to be working at here. And and that clicked in me. You know, and then, you know, we went to church today and, and Justin Franklin, pastor, gave an amazing word, you know, about praying and fasting for 21 days. And it was kind of like, seek the Lord. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, this whole year, man, because I've, I feel like I've missed out this whole six or seven to eight months that I've been here because I was just so distracted of transitioning and being comfortable, you know. And I realized that I have to let things take its time and take its course and not rush to be settled at a place. Mm. That's, you know, a, that's and, a message on, on its own. That's a message right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of like you, you can't, you can't pitch tents in deserts, you know, you, you can't do what the, the people of, of Israel did in Egypt, you know? You, you have to get to that promise. You have to get to that promised land. And um, I've definitely pitched my own tent sometimes. And, <laughs> and now I'm learning, like, hey, you, you got to take it down. You can't make a house here, you know? Not here, not on this sand, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's definitely um, eliminated distractions this year, seeking the Lord. That's, that's where we're at right now. Amen, amen. And, and I think that goes along with what we wanted to talk about, which was uh, Matthew 6. Um, let's roll right into it. Uh, I know we were, we were talking about it in service uh, today, and I figured, hey, you know what? That, that's going to be a perfect way to start our 21 days. We start tomorrow um, as a family, and we invited the church as well. Like, hey, if you guys want to join us, you know, we encourage you to do that. Like you said, you want to build on a good foundation, not on sand. And if we start off the year shocked, you know, all rocky, all lumpy, all out of balance, you know, because that's what's going to happen if you try to build something on land. It's going to be unbalanced, unsettled. 
you know, yeah. and, and you're going to have problems. So we, we like to use these 21 days as a foundation, not as religion, but as, as something that the Lord has put in our hearts to, to do um, and just get ready. Get ready for all the good that's coming and get ready for anything that may be bad that's coming. It's a twofold thing because not everything is going to be great. Some things are going to be a struggle, but we have to get spiritually ready for whatever's thrown at us. Uh, and even the great things, because the great things can consume us too. Uh, and yeah. like you said, yeah. they, they can turn into an idol when you say, yeah, this job is going great. Oh, my car is so awesome. Oh, this house is great. And then before you know it, you're paying more attention to that than to the Lord. Yeah. Oh, my ministry is booming. Uh-oh. Oh, the, the agenda is getting filled. Uh-oh. You know? So, <laughs> Yeah. And, and before you know it, if you're not spiritually sound or you haven't built that foundation, then what happens is the Lord slowly gets pushed away or pushed to the side. And then it becomes more about you and what you're doing, not what the Lord is doing, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I know Daquan's been in this. Uh, in that same type of transition period that you were talking about for last year, but he's feeling it heavy right now in his heart where he's like there's got to be more, you know, he's, yeah. he's like every day we're having like little bits and pieces or every couple of days, little conversations of, I, I, I can't, he wants to break that monotony, you know, and just, yeah. um, you want to share a little bit of the way you've been feeling? Yeah, man. I mean, it's just a matter of, uh, it's very easy for, for people to get comfortable with the routine. It's like nobody wants to do anything different because that's just, you know, that's just what it is. That's just what we do. And my thing is, like, I'm, I'm not trying to make the comparison of the big mega churches and the big mega ministries or anything like that. But I'm saying, like, how are you okay with just doing the same old thing? The same way you preached 20 years ago is the same way you're going to preach tomorrow. And I'm like, all right, but... That, that may have worked 20 years ago. We got different breeds of people now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, why isn't anything being changed up? Different people are coming with, I mean, similar situations, but they're being presented in a different way. They might have to hear it different. So yeah. my thing is like, I just, I just can't stand the, the, the feeling that we can do more, but we're choosing not to do more. Mm. Because it's, oh, yeah, well, that's just not what we do. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that, that's that's the the stamp of religion. So, you know, re religious the the religious it it can kill people. You know, I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be transparent right here. I, I think that in the city that I come from, religious have killed more people than gang members. Mm. Yeah, because. The, the 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 hospital that we're supposed to go to is the same people giving us the poison to leave. Mm. And they turn you back into the streets. And they turn you back into the streets. You know, so it, it's crazy sometimes um, in certain areas and in certain, in certain uh, demographic, you know, the, there's the, the church is more of a problem than a solution. Yeah. And you know what it is? Yeah. I think a lot of times it's just they haven't learned how to love the people the way the Lord loves them. They start looking through their own spiritual 
or carnal eyes, right, or their own environment, and they become the judges. They become yeah. the the Pharisees. They become the yeah. wait. You're healing on the Sabbath. Focus type more of people, on the rules, you know, than the relationship. focused on the rules. Or you're mm-hmm. wait. You're wearing pants. Wait, you're wearing mm-hmm. earrings. What? You got a beard? Yeah. Oh, you have tattoos. You know, like, mm-hmm. and they don't realize that we have to learn to love them in spite yeah. of whatever you feel may be right or wrong. We have to see people through God's eyes, True. through, through True. his eyes. Otherwise, what was the point of having that interaction with the woman at the well? Mm-hmm. What was the point of, of, of healing a man on the Sabbath? What was the point of, ra- of lowering somebody from the roof? What was the point of, of a woman stretching out to Jesus to simply touch his, his cloak, not even just to be close to him in proximity of him? What was the point of all that? Yeah. You know, so, um, and they lose, like, you preach it, but come on, like, let's love. Let's love. That's all it is. And, and out of love, abundance of love, he gave all that. Yeah, no, it's, it's come as you are as long as you come in the picture that we put on the frame. Sure. Ooh. You know? And, and it's kind of like, you know, we're, we're, we're only good enough for them if we look like the cookie cutter picture yeah. that they, you know, to serve. Um, and it's kind of like, okay, that, that's exactly why Jesus came. Because the Pharisees and the Sadducees, like they, oh no, this is how we're, this is how we're supposed to look and not how we're supposed to. And Jesus came to say, uh, first of all, we're not going to be doing church in the four walls, number one. Okay, that's tradition. That's religion. You know, we're, we're going to go, and I think we spoke about this um, one time when we were gathering. Like, Jesus always preached a sermon outside of the walls. Mm. You know, it was only one time you caught him inside. Mm. And he, was, he wasn't even preaching. He was teaching yeah. What he learned from the father himself. So it's kind of like, you know, we we have an example, you know, of of what what God's true love is supposed to be. Like, you know, Jesus walked the earth because God had enough of people trying to play this role, you know, and and finally Jesus came through and and again, it's all fun and it's all you know, great, and it's all amazing what people can do, but they're not living it. They talk about it, but they're not living it, you know? Yeah. And it's very, very tough in this society and and this generation, you know? And, and this is why I love people that are preaching out the box, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the Michael Todd's of the world and and and, and the, the LeBron friends and the John Grays, and, and despite of what they're going through, despite of all of that, they're loving those people no matter what, and they started outside of the box. That's right. You know, um, one thing that I learned about education was that people learn different ways, you know, and that's why I go through different seasons going, looking at different type of uh, people to feed off. You know, sometimes I'm like, I need to see what this is looking like. So I go to Michael Todd because he's a little bit more visual. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And and sometimes I need the theology aspect of it. So I listen to the T.D. Jakes and Bishop, 
you know, and then I, I, I want to hear a little bit of, um, a little bit that speaks more to me and where I come from. So I listen to the Keon Hendersons of the world, you know, um, and, and and it's real diverse. You know, Stephen Furtick is right up the block now. I can go and take a drive up there and listen to him. You know, uh, John Gray is up the block too. I love Ron Carpenter whenever he comes back to North Carolina. Um, but definitely, definitely, you know, um, just being able to see Jesus in a different, different dynamic has affected me differently, you know, never born and raised in church. Um, I was Catholic. My mom became Christian and then she became, uh, very Pentecostal. <laughs> it was like, everything was a devil, 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 devil. And I, I'm telling you, it drove me back off, you know, of, of, of going to church. And it drove my brother still to this day. I don't want to deal with church. And, and I'm like, dude, it's not, it's not what mommy brought us up to be, you know, like it's not like that anymore. It's kind of different, but church hurt him. Church hurt me, you know, and unfortunately that's what religious does. You know, it, it, it hurts. It hurts. And that's so true. So, I, I was the same way. Like I, I wasn't raised in the gospel. So when I first came in uh, into wanting to have a relationship with the Lord, I started with, you know, the suit and tie, you know, I had, uh, I had yeah. to, I had to wear a suit and tie all the time. Um, but yet what I realized now, I, I don't know if it was intentional, intentional or not. The first time I ever had the opportunity to preach, I preached in camel and it wasn't something that I saw people do Noche de Guerra or stuff like that. That was new to me. Like yeah, I yeah. seen that afterwards, <laughs> you know, but I was just like, I had a, my, my first message was talking about strongholds. And I said, all right, everybody dressed up in camo, all the, like all the young people. And we did it. And I realized it now. I was like, hold up, wait a minute. I didn't do my first message with a suit and tie, which that I would go to church like that. Cause that's what I saw everybody doing. This is what we look like. Right. But you know, I, little by little think, I thank the Lord that he took me out of all that. And I'm not saying any of that is bad, but I, I don't want to, be the cookie cutter Christian. I want to have a relationship with the Lord and let yeah. him guide me, you know? So when we talk about um, Matthew six, I just, I, I just love the way the conversation is <laughs> going because it, it does take, it does take us to prayer. Uh, yeah. Specifically, if you look at uh, verses five through 18, um, I'm not sure if you had something else you wanted to share before I get to that, but when we go no, to in the zone, when we go to uh, to uh, verses five through eighteen, you know he's talking to you about prayer, and I think everything that we've been talking about has a lot to do with prayer. All these situations, different problems, whether it's you know at home, whether it's ministry, whether it's personally, whether it's music, whatever it is. Uh, the bottom line is, if we don't learn how to pray, uh, we tend to have a hard time. It's it's easy to tell somebody. Hey, just pray about it. But nobody gives you guidance. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to yeah. pray? What, yeah. do, what are you saying? Like, and, and to me, I, I realized that I'm like, nobody really taught me how to pray. Oh, just talk to the Lord. What do you mean? Yeah. Right? So when, when I look at these scriptures, I'm like, he gave us the outline. He told us how it is we should pray and interact with the Father. How it is that we should have this relationship. Like, when my kids talk to me, 
I tell them my expectations of how I'm supposed to be talking, you know, spoken to. Like, first of all, I'm not your boy. Don't call me bro. Mm -hmm. Right? I tell my girls. Because <laughs> you know, all these kids are saying bro. And one time my daughter was like, bro. I'm like, excuse me? No, I'm not your bro. Right? So I'm dad. I'm father. I'm your daddy, whatever you want to say. But acknowledge me. It's like a doctor. You, don't, you know, a doctor went to school for X amount of years. You don't walk in there and say, hey, what's up, Joe? No, doctor, whatever. You give him the respect that he deserves, do you not? You don't go in there, hey, Phil, good, I haven't seen you in six months. How's my teeth? No, you address him by, the, by his name. And this, this is what, yeah. what the Lord is trying to tell us in these scriptures. Like, first of all, he starts by saying, don't be hypocrites. You know, don't go out, get out there like the religious folks do to try to show everybody that you're praying. Don't, you know, it's not supposed to be a show. It has to start intimate. It has to start at home. Whether it's your closet, yeah. your bathroom, your kitchen, while you're washing dishes, whatever it is. And um, I, I think he was very deliberate in saying, these guys, everything that you're seeing everybody do, that's all religion. This is not what it's supposed to be. The father wants a one-on-one -on -one with you. It's not to say that yep. if you happen to sit in your car and you're having a moment with the Lord in your car that nobody has to see you. Like, that's not what he's saying. Like, if they see you, they see you. But don't be intentionally going out there to say, okay, I'm going to pray in front of everybody. I'm going to be in front of the synagogue praying so that everybody can see me. He knows your heart. Yep. He knows your heart. So I, I love the outline that he gave us of, of how he should pray, how we all should pray. And uh, it starts by acknowledging him. And uh, I think for, I, I, you said you, your mom, um, your mom uh, was Catholic first. Um, yeah. Then became Christian, yeah. right? Um, for me, yeah. it was a struggle for something like this because growing up, I didn't have a, a mom or a dad. I was raised, raised by grandma. So okay. it, it was hard for me to transition of, into that part of I don't have the outlook or, you know, I don't know what a father is. So how do right. I address a father in heaven that I right. haven't seen, haven't learned to feel? having learned to have a relationship with, how do I assimilate that? Yeah. You know, so it, for somebody like me, it was, it was even harder. Maybe is an excuse? No, I don't know. But um, how, how did you in your, wh when did you come to the Lord? Let me start with that. Um, so again, I, I was introduced to the Lord when I was about 14, 15 years old. Um, and then again, with religion and all that stuff, I was just like, not, my, my dad doesn't serve the Lord. Um, so because my mom was so strict with religion, I just decided I'm just going to live with my dad, you know, um, and that, you know, kind of structured me a little bit to becoming an independent man or whatnot. But I didn't come back to the Lord. My wife was the one that actually introduced me. Um, into a church when we first met together. And um, that's when I had the encounter with God again and, and became a Christian again. So I can really say, um, and that wasn't, I, that wasn't about until three, maybe two years, two, maybe two or three years into our relationship where I was like, you know what, maybe I should go back to, to, world, to, to the Lord. Um, but if I can do a quick testimony, about how I confirmed that I had to give my life to Christ. Can I do that? Go ahead. Go I ahead. think this is going to, uh, 
only only the people that that actually were there can testify to this, and my wife is one of them. Um, back in around 2009, no, 2000, 2011, 2011, um, one of my cousins passed away in a bad accident, car accident. Wow. Um, days before that, he, he was, uh, I had a dream that somebody was dying on a, and in the casket, they had a number 23 on the casket and didn't really understand why. Um, that morning, my, my, my wife calls me and she's like, your brother just got into a major car accident. I started busting out crying because I literally just woke up from somebody dying in the casket. Um, and she was like, no, no, he's okay. He's okay. Let me paint you the picture. Okay. My brother's 6'4". He's driving an Acura Integra two-door. Okay. That means that the only way, and the car flipped on the, on the front. So it, it went really like it hit the barrier and it flipped right on this, on the roof. Okay. Him and his boy, again, he's 6'4", his boy is 6'2", six six something like that. My brother's skinny, but his boy is a little husky. I don't know if you're familiar with the Integras. The yeah, back yeah. window is a triangle, right? None of them has seatbelts on. Oh. They both climbed out the triangle window of the back of the Integra. Not a scratch, not a broken bone, not wow. anything. Right? Um, and, and I was furious until I found out he was okay. <laughs> but... Uh, I tell you this story because of this, right? Three months later, my cousin died in the same accident. Car flipped over, landed on his side on the same highway, Route 21, oh, wow. right? Going toward North North. Um, I was I was devastated because I'm like, my cousin is the nicest kid ever. He's older than me. He didn't deserve this, Right. He wasn't a bad kid. I mean, obviously, he did his little thing, drinking, smoking, whatever, but he was a workaholic. He cared for his family. Uh, and I'm like, God, what are you doing? Never, I haven't been in church. I wasn't in church. And I said, God, what are you doing? And from that moment on, I realized something, that I left the service, but I never left his presence. Mm. Right. Because my next like my next conversation with him after that was. If you show me my cousin. Is with you, I will give my life oh, wow. for you. We're at his casket. Everybody's surrounding him. I get there. I'm crying. I'm holding him. Right. I'm holding my cousin's hands. And I'm like, I'm just boohoo crying. I'm like, God, just give me a sign. Just give me a sign. My wife then says, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's all I hear is, oh, my God. Oh, my God. My cousin comes over and says, no, no, no. And then all of my cousins, I have about 13 female cousins. They all come up. My cousin was crying with me in the casket. My dead cousin 
was crying, boo-hoo crying with me in the casket. That's crazy. And I said, that's my sign to give my life to Christ. So since 2011, I've been serving the Lord faithfully, going through trials and tribulations, going through hell and high waters, because that day he gave me what I asked him to give me. And that was my sign that my cousin was with him. Now, when I tell you that since that day, my father gave his life to Christ, my aunts gave their life to Christ, my cousins gave their life to Christ, People have been giving their life to Christ and by the glory of God, you know, were able to see the truth of how God's faithfulness is because of that one transaction, you know, and since then, man, again, like I said, it's been a, it's been hell sometimes, but I always go back to, well, you've been faithful. Well, you've been faithful. Even though I wasn't in the sanctuary, I was still in your presence and you still heard my cry. Mm. You know, you were still able to hear me even though I wasn't playing religion in the background. You know, and um, yeah, that, that right there is where I came to Christ, how I came to Christ, how I took him serious and how I know he's real, you know, that and all the other miracles that I've been seeing, you know, from financial miracles to health miracles with my daughters, you know, it's just been nonstop for me. And sometimes I get a little bit distraught, but I always end up with that. I, I, that's what I grab onto. You're still faithful, you know, and it's, that's how I know he's true. That's my relationship. And if it was off of a, a quick conversation you had of, with him, you know, off of, yeah. show me, Lord, show me. And, yeah. and, and that's, that's what I think is the, the basis of here on, on chapter six, what they're talking about. It's like, forget all that <laughs> stuff. Forget all the nonsense that we try to do and pretend. Sit down and have a real conversation with your father in heaven. And, and, yeah. and when we understand that it's, hey, it's not my way. Lord, let, let your will be done. You know, show mm -hmm. me, show me, right? And, and he knows our hearts. He knows what we need. He knows what we desire. He knows what we think, you know, and, and for him to, to show up in those moments when we need him the most is when we need to really acknowledge, like, God, you were there. Yeah. You know, and, and we often get, we forget or we put it to the side because we're so consumed in our current situation that we forget he was there all along. And I love that you said that. Yeah. You weren't playing church. You weren't playing religion. But he was there all along. And when you needed your father, he was there. Your father in heaven, you, hey, dad, I need you right now. Show me something. If, if this is for real, show me something. And, and you didn't even have that relationship with him. But you had the conversation. Yeah. The, that conversation, yeah. and that, that was a prayer that came from your heart. Like, yeah. show me something. I love that. That's crazy. And, and to know, I can't even picture it. Like, I'm trying to picture it, unfortunately, but how, how, how everybody must have reacted at that moment. You know, to no, see it, that it, miracle, it, like, 
Supernatural. That's, Supernatural. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It it was like um and I tried to I tried to <laughs> I tried to make sense of it. I, I went back on Google and I'm like, can this happen? <laughs> you know, and I just tried to make sense of it, man. It, it it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something I've ever seen before. And and I felt the presence for the first time of my life in that room. You know, I felt this burning sensation in that in that room that I haven't felt before ever, you know, and and, and it's kind of like I didn't even want I didn't even want to see what was going on. I just wanted to feel what I felt. Mm. You know, I, I, I didn't want to hear or, or, or know what was going on. I just it was just a feeling for me that I think that he wanted me to feel the most, you know, that embrace of, Hey, I'm here, you know? And, um, by him just being there, it drew others to him as well, you know? And, and that's so important because we, we can play church and, and, and play religion and tradition. We go to church, we play the music, but the presence isn't there. You know, and then we question, why is the church not progressing? Why is the church not growing in numbers? Why is it? Because you're playing it right, but the presence is not there. You know, and unfortunately, you know, the, how did I say this before? The church can possibly be playing, uh, it's working, but it's not functional. Right. The, the 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 services are working, but they're not functional. It, it's working because the people that are already there are continuing to go there. But that's it. There, there's no outreach there. There's no multiplication, you know, and it's kind of like what what God told Adam in the beginning, be fruitful and multiply. A lot of churches just want to be fruitful. They don't really want to care. They, they don't really see about multiplication. Not understanding that multiplication is the secondary consequence of being fruitful. The more fruitful you are, the more you multiply. The more you multiply, the more you become fruitful. You know? Um, and I don't even know how we get in there. But, but you know, it's true, though, because a lot of times, you know, you, you pray. There's also the instance where you pray for multiplication but then you don't see the fruit. Like, okay, yeah. you see the bodies, but what are you doing? What yeah. are you doing? No, and now, now share, share with us a little bit of, of what you were, uh, or what God put in your heart in regards to uh, Matthew 6. Uh, you know, when we spoke uh, via text, we said, hey, let's, let's talk about that topic, leading us into, you know, the whole fasting and prayer that we're going to be starting. I know Jensen, Pastor Jensen down there, is also doing it. Um, I know a few churches that like to do that in January as well. So it's 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 a, it's a wonderful time uh, just to encourage people of the importance of of what Chapter Six is telling us and and the prayer aspect. Um, what what do you have for us today? Uh, yeah, definitely. The Chapter Six is definitely a book where you see a lot of red letters, right? A lot of red letters mean that Jesus will speak mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot. Um, and I think that 
Uh, one thing, the way that I study is I, I look at what happened before and what happened after the chapter, yeah. right? Just to kind of get a little bit of background information on it. And, and one thing that I noticed here was that way back in chapter four is when Jesus just got baptized at the end of chapter three. Chapter four, in the beginning of chapter four, he got dragged into the wilderness, <laughs> right? To be what? Tested by the enemy, right? And then uh, let, let me see if I can pick it up right here real quick. It says, chapter four, it says, verse two says, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights. See, this is what we got to understand, that the enemy doesn't only try to strike during the fast or before the fast. It's even after we seek in God for 21 days or so that he comes, you know. Um, it, it, th that's what I wanted to speak about a little bit tonight because after the fast, he came, the enemy came to tempt him and, and tried to, hey, uh, distract him, right? That, that's the beginning of our conversation here today. You know, the enemy became, you know, came to distract Jesus and Jesus counted it with the word of God. The reason why we're fasting and praying is seeking a relationship with God, filling ourselves up with something that when the enemy comes to try to distract us, we already know 2022, we ain't playing no games. You know, we, we got, let me, let me just give you an example. After the testing in chapter four, chapter five, six, and seven, they're all miracle signs and wonders. They're all, they're, he got about 19 to 21 sermons right after that. The Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount, right? Sermon on the Mount, he talks about almost 21 topics from giving to the needy, learning how to pray, yep. fasting, treasures of the heaven, don't worry, the Beatitudes. He talks about the, the murderer, the fulfillment of the law, the adulterer, the divorce, the oaths, the eye for an eye, the loving of your enemies. He went ham after the fast. So again, for me, I know I might be in the middle of a fast, right? Or, or starting the fast. I am hungry. I'm talking about ham. I'm sorry, right? But we are expected. There's an expectancy that we have after this, right? Uh, and, and the word faith for me is a very, very big thing. Um, faith is, is the something. Uh, what is it? Faith is the evidence of the thing. What, what, what is it? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm catching a little. You a little uh, yeah. Faith Good. is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, right? That's, that's what the Bible says. Yeah. The word hope there is elpis, meaning a confident expectation, right? We, we have a confident expectation that something is going to happen. We have to have an expectation of the things that are coming to pass without us even seeing it, you know? So praying and fasting, chapter six uh, of Matthew is very, very deep because he not only shows us the importance of prayer, but he shows us how to pray, right? The relationship with our God, how to communicate with him, how we can just be honest and open with him. Our father who was in heaven, you know, hallowed be thy name. You know, Jensen today, Pastor Jensen went, again, crazy today with the sermon because it was all about seeking the Lord. And, yep. and he quoted some Psalms um, that that if you seek the Lord, the Lord will hear you, right? The, the Lord will provide for you. The Lord is this, the Lord is that. 
the the reason why we're going into this is because we need direction. Even Pastor Jensen today said, listen, I came to a, myself and said, can I do this another year? You, okay, now I want you to realize something. You are a pastor of a mega church that has about seven to 10 campuses, all over five, 6,000 members. And you're asking yourself, can I do this another year? It's kind of like what Daquan say, like, can, like, can we actually play church again? You know, like for another year, can, can, can I get myself together to come to preach? I love that about pastor because he's so transparent. He let us know, even I have doubt, but it, and the Lord told him, if you seek me, you can do it. If you seek me, you can do it. And, and chapter six, um, for me, man, it's, it's just a testimony of what I'm expecting. I'm expecting that after this prayer and this fasting and all of this, this sacrifice that one is giving to us, that after this 2022 is going to be the year of expansion. I declared that over my life. Um, I declared it over my household here. I declared that this year is going to be uh, the the year of of seeking the Lord. But I'm talking about really seeking the Lord, like Pastor said today, consuming it, eating the scroll. You know, um, it's really about we're not playing games no more. Yeah, we're here. We're in a different state. We don't know anybody here but the people that God has connected us with. And, like, we need to really dig into our relationship with Christ, really figure out what is it that we're here to do and be servants to, to really do it, you know? Um, the biggest thing for me in Chapter 6, uh, not only the fasting and the praying and things like that, but for me in my life, do not worry. Right, the end of chapter six, verse twenty-five, all the way to like thirty-three, was like the 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 whole nugget of do not worry, do not worry. You know, the the birds don't worry about when the fools are coming. You shouldn't worry about the clothes on your back, right? Don't worry for tomorrow, for tomorrow has its own worry. Today is enough trouble of its own, right? That's where I find myself in a struggle for years. I'm always worried. But we had this conversation in the beginning of our pre-show where I said, we had worries, but the Lord answered every single one. What are we going to do with our finances? Eight houses closed for me in, in the month of January last year. Eight. My wife got a job here. Before she even moved here, she had something lined up. Right, we came down for an interview in February. We didn't move until April. Wow. You know, um, my my daughter, we worried about my daughter's epilepsy. Doctor cleared her like literally two weeks before we left. Like that was the last that was the last thing for us. Like God, our daughter with the like, what are we gonna do? She's still suffering from epilepsy. Two weeks later, it was kind of like, no, she's not. I'm like, we call we call Pastor Glenn, like, hey. Yeah, we moved. <laughs> like, 
like you got two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you you got two weeks. Prepare whatever you got to prepare. We going down, you know. And um, again, we even when we were here looking for an apartment, um, we worried because we were here for seven days to look for an, a, a, an apartment or a house. Day number seven, we're riding around, and we're like, nothing is here. Until we were going back towards Pastor's house, and I see a for sale sign. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, we're going to go in here. We're going to call this lady. We're going to see what she's really like willing to do. My wife is like, I've never heard somebody trying to sell their house is going to rent it. We walk in here. The lady's painting the cabinets, one little old lady painting the cabinets. I said, um, I'm looking to buy, but I'm moving out of state. Pastor told me, be bold. Be bold, right? That was their word last year, be bold. And I, and I listened, and I'm like, look, um, we moving. We don't have a job yet. I got money in the bank to, to sustain this for a while. My wife is starting a job down here as soon as we find a place. Um, are you willing to rent? Yeah, I'm willing to rent. Wow. Okay. In the hottest market in Georgia, where everything is selling for over everything. First of all, everything's overpriced right now. Okay. I'll be honest with you. I'm an agent. I know I might be losing some customers right now, but it is a hot market right now. And it's just being overpriced. But with that being said, she could have sold it, but she held it. And she said, oh, you willing to? And I said, yeah, I'm willing to do everything in here. I had a small knowledge that my dad taught me how to fix things here and there. I said, I'll fix everything. Put the paintbrush down. You don't got to do anything. I'll rip the carpets for you. I'll paint this whole house for you. I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. I would like for you to see if you can help us to get over this worry of us not finding a place to move. Not only did she give us the house, she locked down the price for us for a year, right? Um, wow. And she gave us, she rented the property, five-bedroom property, one-and-a-half bathroom. Um, she locked down the price, rental price. This house right now could have been rented for $2,500. I got it for fifteen, And that's me being transparent, right? I'm sitting on an acre, love it. Three minutes away from the school, 10 minutes away from past it. Everything that my wife was worrying about got provided. Wow. Everything from the finances to the education, because we wanted the best schools for our daughters. We got it. We, we wanted to be close to pastors because we don't know nobody. We got it. We, we got the jobs. We, everything. Don't worry about anything, right? I think it's uh, the verses in Philippians 4, I think it's maybe 15, let me see, where it says, do not worry about anything, but in everything. In prayer and supplication, make your petitions be known unto God. That's right, right? And it ties into Matthew 6, right? Mm -hmm. About the prayer, be, don't worry about anything, but do everything in prayer and supplication and be and let it be known. Before God, and, and that's the kind of relationship that I have with my God, you know, that even though I'm going through the worst times in everything, I always have to get back to, okay, God, 
what is it that I'm missing? What is it that you need to tell me? What is it that I need to fix in myself? It's that conversation that I have to have with him. Um, a lot of people, again, even the, the scripture says it, like, don't go out there and just speak a lot of stuff, right? It says it here, Babbling. it says, don't, don't babble. Yeah. You know, for, for they think that you heard many words. Don't be like them. For the Father knows what you need before you ask. Right? That's what the Bible says. Right? That's, that's chapter 6, verse 8. You know, for me, if I can be transparent with you guys, a lot of my prayer time, <laughs> pastor has his own way, right? He sets up his chair and um, he prays that way. For me, it's kind of like, okay, God, you know, like this is, this is me, you know, and there's a one-on-one conversation with me and him. And I'm just like, dude, I can't do this. Or oh, I'm struggling here. And I need you to tell me what to do, how to do it. Send somebody to talk to me. Right. Cause I, I'm not one of those guys that said, no, God got to come down himself and tell me, <laughs> you know, cause that's another thing. I really believe that God can use anybody. There's a lot of sermons that I have written based on what my daughters have taught me and what my daughters have said and, and what have, you know, my cousins that don't even serve the Lord has said to me, you know, and it's just kind of like, okay, all of this stuff, people, God uses rocks to talk. He can use anybody can try, you know, to talk. So, you know, my relationship with him is let me be humble enough. This is how I study the Bible, right? Let me see. It says here, how do I read the Bible? I read it humbly. I read it expectantly. I read it accurately. That means Christ-centered, right? Having a, a exegesis type of mentality. Mm-hmm. And then I read it revelatorially, meaning what did it mean literally and what does it mean for me? You know, I take those four aspects and I read the scriptures. And even Pastor Jensen had a great idea today. He said, read the whole New Testament in 21 days. There's 27 books. Some of them are like five chapters. Read them. You know, harder for some people like myself. I don't really like to read too much. But now that it has the auto feature, you know. (laughs) I literally, when you told me about the podcast, man, I, re- I literally bench, like, listen to almost all of them, you know, because that's what I like doing. I'm an already listener, I like learner. I-, I listen to, I learn through listening. I'm the same way. You man. know? Yeah. So for me, I'm like, okay, cool. That's what's up. You know? Have I caught myself trying to talk over God sometimes? Yeah. Mm. And that's why I haven't learned my lesson. Because sometimes in prayer, I try to out-talk the person that has the most words. But how would you advise somebody who hasn't been instructed how to pray to develop that balance between praying and listening? It's, for me, I'm still trying to learn, number one, right? I'm still trying to learn. Um, but the, the thing that I do for myself is... Um, I take some time in worship, trying to set the mood, right? You you got to take this relationship as if you are, 
in a relationship, right? Yeah, I said that today. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, you got to you got to set the mood, right? You you got to, you know, put some music on and 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 be <laughs> alone and and try to set the mood for a move of the Holy Spirit. Now, one thing that I learned just about 2 or 3 weeks ago, I was listening to um Pastor Castro doing the 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 small group and he said something to me about the Holy Ghost and I realized something and I was like, Pastor, you you, you got to give me a second because I realized that God came, right? He he did things, right? Jesus came. He displayed things. He went back up. The only person still left on this earth is the Holy Spirit. God spoke. Jesus came and left. The only person left is the Holy Spirit. So how is it? that I can continue my relationship with you is if you set the mood for the Holy Spirit. Set the mood for your heart to be right. Set the mood for your mind to be focused on him. You know, um, again, it, it takes, it takes consistency too. God is not going to speak to you in one day. He's not going to speak to you. As a matter of fact, I think that, um, who was I? Be, I believe it was Jeremiah that prayed for like seven days, and on the seventh day is when God answered him. You know, and and it's kind of like you prayed, 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 and then when he prayed again, God answered him instantly. You know, and so you you really got to be a consistent prayer, and and it doesn't have to be our Father, hearts in heaven, hallowed be the name. But sometimes you just be like God. What is this? You know, sometimes it's the simplest prayers that are heard the most. You know, the, the Bible even says it, that the Holy Spirit, just the groaning, you're groaning. And the Holy Spirit can interpret that to God. Just your weeping can be heard. You know, so it's just about you establishing that, you know, positioning your heart. Positioning your heart to actually be heard by God and being filled by God, you know? And one thing that I, again, me, you know, being filled is, be, is hearing the word of God. And sometimes, to be honest with you, I'm distracted. Life is happening. You know, I got three daughters. They all play sports. So it's like working, coming home. I'm a soccer dad, baseball dad, basketball dad, soccer dad. I'm all of this and I get distracted sometimes, you know, but you have to take that time to be like, okay, what is it? You know, I think that one person I heard, I forgot who it said, but we have, what if we really took the 10% of everything and give it to God? 24 hours in a day, two hours and 40 minutes of prayer time a day. What would it what would what it would look like if we really had the ten percent down in our life, mm. you know? And again, it doesn't have to be two 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 and a half hours, two hours or forty minutes straight, you know. I use my commute time. I got a half an hour to forty five minutes to work. I'm listening to worship music. God, thank you for for another day. Prepare me for whatever is in store today. You know, give me the wisdom to say the right thing because I have 
the, the tongue is a two-edged sword for me, right? So sometimes, you know, I, I give life. Sometimes it can it can really breed damaging sometimes. And that's something that God is working on me with, you know? Um, but definitely taking that time, man, and, and, and really being like, yo, I, I need you, man. I need your guidance. I can't do this on my own. You know, being humble enough to say, God, I need you, you know? Um, really taking that time and being consistent with it. 10 minutes a day, five minutes a day, everything in repetition will grow and be stronger. Just like, I think y'all already heard the, the, what is it to build muscle, right? You tear it down to build it up over time. It's just kind of the same concept, you know? But the only difference you'll see in the muscle mass is not the workout itself, it's what you eat what you consume after because you can be out there breaking your muscles down, but if you eat the wrong things, you won't see progression, you know? So that's why they tell you eat before, eat after you work out so that when you building up your muscle, the muscle takes the protein and turns it into whatever it turns it into. Right. I'm not, I don't have muscles. So I really don't know. Obviously, that teaching has went over my head, but what I'm trying to say is that I've heard a lot of things, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, I've seen some people do it, you know, and I've seen some guy go from six to 110 pounds to like 165 in all muscles. So, you know, I know it works. It's just about being consistent. Yeah, that that is definitely a key of uh, of prayer. Um, we We tend to only do it when we, feel we need something instead yeah. of uh instead of making it a habit of having a life of gratitude you know if you start your life with gratitude it'll make you want to pray or want to talk to god because now you're not just focused on a problem you're not focused on an issue or want a resolution for an issue you're having the conversation with god and in the midst of your gratefulness you're also presenting your your petitions. So it's it's not all about just, man, I'm broken today. You know, and there's going to be days that are like that, that you just got to let yeah. it out. But having the yeah. intent of saying, I, I need to talk to you more as a whole, not just when I need something. I, I want to I have that friendship. I want to have, have that relationship. Like you said, you know, um, it, it, you're building a relationship. When, when, when you're talking to a girl, right, do you not... You know, hit her up on text, hit her up on phone calls, and and you know maybe, uh, 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 what's uh yeah, using your iPhone, and you're like, oh, let's FaceTime. So why is it so yeah. easy that we do it with this person that we we want to get to know that we don't know how fruitful they're going to be in our lives, but yeah, if us as believers, you know, we 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 know who God is, or maybe we're just getting to learn who God is, right? Maybe we have just started our walk in the Lord, but in the same way, you would do that with it with with a person, do it with God. Say, hey, God, you know, I'm going to talk to you for a little bit today. And and that's how it starts out with a relationship sometimes, too. You know, you just meet someone. You don't give them your 24 hours. You say, oh, I'll call you. Call, maybe you skip a day. Um, yeah. And all of, a sudden, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, you know, I'm talking to you every single day. You know, I'm talking every day. Or, you know, we spoke for an hour. Oh, I fell asleep on the phone talking to you. You know, and, right, and a lot right, of people right. say it's bad. You know, they, they say, oh, I fell asleep while I was praying. 
So what? It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you're into you, prayer. You were into prayer. Go ahead, fall asleep. Oh, you fell asleep reading your Bible. It's all right. But now keep, you know, fixing that that habit of okay. Now, if I notice I'm falling asleep every time I pray, let me pray at a different time. Or if I'm reading yeah. and I fall asleep, let me read at a different time. Whether it's my lunch break, whether it's you know five minutes before I go into work, you know, set me up for the day. You know, all that really, really is useful. But I'm, I'm glad Daquan asked that question because, you know, and that was the intent for today um, where you know, we talked about it in service. We, don't, we often don't get taught how to do life as a believer. We don't get taught what it is to be the church, to be Christian like they call it, to be a member of the body, how to pray, how to love we don't even get taught or like we could read scriptures and we miss the whole the whole picture you know like god is showing you how we're supposed to love that takes me right back to i think it's somewhere in matthew where um the the demons was in the pigs mm. and, and um no 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 the demons were in people and jesus cast them in the pigs <laughs> and they ran and jumped off the cliff and then the people were yeah. mad about like Oh, but th- what about the pig? I'm like, yo, you just missed the whole point of what he did just now. Like, you missed the entire point. Yeah. It's a matter of that, that uh, focusing on the wrong thing. That's distractions. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's the distractions. It can kill, it can kill, even in the presence of the God himself, they were distracted. Yeah. Just imagine how, how, how deep distraction can get you. And what, you know. what's crazy, though, that when, when a lot of these people experienced that walk with the Lord in person, they didn't understand the magnitude. So there was a few that yeah. believed, but they didn't really get to have him for that long. It wasn't long enough for them to, to have and build that crazy love that they should have had. Whereas us as believers, you know, we we don't have him physically and tangibly that we could touch him, right? But if we believe in the scriptures and we believe in who he is and, and what he came to do, the way that we really get to experience that kind of love that Jesus shared with everyone else is by learning to do that with each other. Yeah. And that is the hardest pill to swallow. Like, I'm really going to feel the, the Lord's love firsthand if I get to love you the way he's telling me to love you and vice versa. Because if you, like you, you, you said in your prayers, you know, you were like, Lord, send me somebody. Talk, you know, whoever it is. I don't need you to come down. I need someone. To, like, I just need a word. I need a sign. I need something. And, and the yeah. same thing it is with with. with Love, it has to have action, and action's not going to happen unless it comes from us. And that's where our prayers have to be so intentional that it's like, Lord, you know, I believe in you. I trust in you. I know you're going to show. You're going to show me what I need to do. It might not be what I want, but let your Mm -hmm. will be done. You know my heart. You know what I'm asking for, but show me what I'm supposed to do. Show me where I'm supposed to go. How am I supposed to do it? But, um, man, this, this has been amazing. Um, you have any closing statements? I mean, we could keep going. But I, I have to edit this for the radio. I, I don't know if I told you. But um, we, no. 
we definitely, we definitely, you know, can do this for a long time. But I love it. I know you cut it down a lot. So yeah. So no, for the podcast, it doesn't matter because the podcast is ours. We can do, you know, we can let it all run. But for the radio station, we we have a local radio station here that we air the program. We do it for thirty minutes, and um, nice. so we get a weekly program every Monday at eight o'clock on Ascend FM. It's on two stations down here. And then um, they repeat it Sunday nights. So usually the Living for 12 program, we just put it um, down to half an hour because that's what we pay for. You know? <laughs> we pay for a half yeah. an hour program. And then for the podcast, okay. we just sent, we just submitted that way too. But this one, I'm going to let it run. This was, this was really cool. It, it was what I expected. You know, I, I just wanted some regular conversation. I think it's, it's something that's needed. Um, I wish I had these kinds of tools you know, when I first um, started my walk in the Lord, b- being able to listen to people. I, I, I love listening to messages. Don't get me wrong. I love, yeah. you know, all the people that you mentioned, I listen to all of them. And <laughs> when I go to bed, I, I put my podcast on to go to sleep. My wife likes putting um, uh, Charles Stanley. She's the, more of the, the older traditional, you know, and she loves that stuff. Um, so we, we, we like it. We consume it. But these types of talks... I get into it so, so much, you know, like, I don't know if you saw where uh, T.D. Jake had a conversation with Stephen Furtick. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. was, to me, amazing. I think, I, think was, I think it was three of them. I saw, I think, I know I definitely saw two yeah. of them. Yeah, amazing. And I love that. And you know what? I learned so much more from that in a lot of cases than a 20-minute, 30-minute, two-hour message, whatever, because they're having a real conversation. And I wish that, you know, yeah. people would have done this a lot more. Now we want to... Take advantage of the tools that 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 the Lord has um, allowed us to have, and we want to use it for good. We want to be able to help people in their walk, and that's what Living Four Twelve is about. Um, just in trying to empower youth, letting you, letting everybody know, hey, you know what? I know you've doubt. We've doubted too. I know you're scared. We've been scared too. I know yeah. it's this walk's not easy. I get it. We want to help you through it. And um, so, go ahead. So quick question: What what is what is the concept, or where did you get Living Four Twelve from? So Living Four Twelve was a combination of two verses. Um, okay. First, it was uh, so we have Four Twelve Youth. That was the the idea that we wanted for the youth, uh, based off First uh, uh, Timothy Four Twelve. Uh, do not let uh, anyone look down on you because you're young. You know that that verse that you hear a lot for young people, right? Yep. yep. Um, but for you to be an example, to be a model. And, and so we, we use that as a base for younger people. And then there's another verse that I just stumbled upon that was also 412, which was Ecclesiastes 412. And that's a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And, nice. and for me, that was a huge revelation when it came towards the family. You know, you have husband and wife and God as the center. That's your three strands. Yep. And and we we did um we, we like to do some visual stuff here too and we we took a thread, um yarn as a matter of fact, and I said, take one piece of yarn, break it, it broke. Take two, break it, it broke. But when we got to the third strand and they started doing it, it was not easily broken. And I said, That's what it is when you have husband and wife and God is the center. You know, we, we, we can conquer, you know, and the same thing with the family, with the family, with God as their center. Um, and, and that's how it came about. Um, 
I wasn't looking for a title, but it just it just went with it. I was like, man, those those two are verses that we really love and try to push the ministry on. And we just went with it. I don't know. And then the little logo that you see, it was an idea of just sitting down at a table, having a conversation. Yeah. And that's what the logo is on there. Um, yeah. That was dope. It's dope. I like it. Love it. Yeah. But, uh, man, this has been amazing. I really hope we could do it again. Um, we are going to definitely be praying for you and your family. Uh, we really wanted to go down for this uh the marriage thing that Jensen does, um, it's coming up yeah. uh, very soon. But I'm like, man, I don't, I don't think we could do it. We have too many things going on this year. And unfortunately, I get only 10 vacation days. So um, <laughs> I'm trying to use them wisely. But hopefully we can make it down there, even if it's just in the summer. We'll take Daquan with us for the ride and have him hang out and see uh, Georgia a little bit more. Last time it was very limited what we got to see. It was fun, though. It was exact. Yeah, it was definitely fun. But It was all. Oh, so, you know, we were very limited. <laughs> <laughs> At least on water. That's why on I say we got to bring them in the summer. In the summer, so you can go tubing, yeah, you know, do some of the crazy. stuff that we, we've done. But, um, yeah, no, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. We want to do it a lot more. And um, if I had to say one thing for you is just keep sharing your testimony. Keep sharing what the Lord's doing uh, within you, within your family. Uh, the beautiful testimonies. I know for me, I felt it. It was, uh, it was definitely encouraging. Um, yeah. And Daquan, you got any, any closing thoughts? Any? I'm cool. You good? You good? Daquan's always like, he, he just, he likes to listen and he'll chime in and then, but he's got some stuff. He just holds back. I just, no, I'm taking it all in. You he know? holds back. I just like hearing other people's, because uh, it, it helps uh, taking word. I feel like for me, it helps taking word better if you hear other people's perspective on it. So yeah. I'm like, oh, well, I never thought about it like that. So, you know, having that, uh, that opposite way of thinking helps you think about it in a better way. Amen, amen. So, uh, Carlos, thank you for being our, our first uh, special guest of uh, 2022. Um, amen. We're going we're gonna to pray for your family, pray for all the things that you guys are doing down there, praying for good health. Uh, finances, you know, everything. And uh, I know the Lord is going to show off and, and, and show something great in your life. Um, Amen. Thank you guys so much. Anybody that's listening today, if, if you want to reach out um, for prayer, if you haven't accepted the Lord, we're here. If you are just starting out your walk, we want to help you in your walk. Send us a message to uh, inclineministries06 at gmail. We also uh, have our services uh, online at homechurchvineland.com. You can uh, get information there of all uh, of who we are, what we do. Uh, does need some updating, <laughs> but you can still get the base of it. Uh, and then watch our Facebook uh, messages that we do on Sundays at 11 a.m. at uh, facebook.com backslash hcvineland. This has been Pastor Larry Inclan with Brother Carlos Castain and Daquan Dennis on Living 412. God bless everybody and uh, have a great night.